Right, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This was my dream. I dreamed that I awoke. That was the most wonderful part of the dream. During my dream, I realized that I had been asleep, asleep for a long, long time from the very beginning of this. What awakening I asked in my dream. You awakened yourself, answered a voice nearby. I turned around, but no one was here. Who are you, I asked. I am that something, came reply. But where are you? I am hidden in your soul. For some moments I thought of what was said, and I stammered, how, how did you get there? I was born there. Why have I not known you were there before? No man knows it, answered the voice, until he awakes. Are you in other men's souls as well? Yes. There is that something in every man's soul, which can move the mountains or dry the seas. It must be faith. Yes, came the answer. I am faith, but I am more. I am that which makes men face the fires of hell and wind. Then you must be confidence. Yes, I am more than confidence. I am that which makes the battle and works the worlds upon their wavelengths. You are power, I cried. Yes, I am more than power, answered the voice. I am that which makes the wretched failure lift himself up to rule the world. You are ambition, I know you now. Yes, I am all that you say. Faith, confidence, power, ambition, and more. For greater than all those things is that something. I am that which every man must find his soul or else he will be but a clutter of the earth on which he lives. But how can, how can any man find you? Because you're finding me now. First you must awaken, then you must seek. And then when you have found, you must learn to control. Control what, I ask, confused? Control that something. Borrow it from your soul, and baptize your life with it. Anoint your eyes, that you may see. Anoint your ears, that you may hear. Anoint your heart, that you may be. But tell me, I cried frankly, for the voice was coming up for almost nothing now. How can I do this? How? How? This is the secret. He came to me as a whisper of a gentle breeze. This is the secret. These two words, I will. I will. <clears throat> B.J. Palmer, make us a fellow within 1949. What will you do? What will you do? Will you be like the most of the chiropractors out there who complain and moan and groan about how hard it is, how times are hard, and it was different back then when insurance was better, and now with ICD-10, so much clutter, and it's just going to be a, a moan, you know, moaning, whining, complaining kind of chiropractor which makes up the probably vast majority of chiropractors out there. Are you going to join that rank? Because you could. It's open for you if you want to be like everybody else and be the whiners and complainers and the finger pointers, well, if they did this, and if they did this, and this stuff, if the political organizations did this, and if we just had this, and point, 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 when they're not doing the damn thing themselves, they're sitting in their office and complaining. Right? And I hear this all the time. What will you do? What kind of office are you going to make? What kind of impact are you going to make? Have you woken up from your dream, or are you still in a zombie stupor like most of you? Most people in the world in the zombie stupor, doing nothing, you know? Most people don't like what they do. My father, typical example, <clears throat> but this is my father when he came home from work every single day. <coughs> That's not my father. <laughs> so my father would come home from work like this, and be like, he walked like this, and he said, oh my god, I hate work. I hate work, I hate what I do. And he'd say, Drew, 
Promise me. Promise me. Swear to me that you're going to find something you love to do. Please, swear to me right now that you're going to find something you love to do. I hate work. I'm only working for you and your mother. I, I hate it. I would quit in an instant if I could. I'm retiring in like six years, five days, four hours, three minutes, and two seconds. Because he timed it. And he hated it. He hated it. And because of that, he died young. Right? It's not worth it. Right? It's not worth it to do a job you hate. I had another patient when I was uh, early on in practice. Her name was Roosevelt. And she uh, <coughs> she was a widow, a recent widow. And she was about 67 years old. And she looked at me, and I was working really hard. I was doing practice, maybe my first year or so in practice. And um, she said, Drew, or Doctor, do you ever take any breaks, ever rest, ever go away with your wife, ever just relax? And I said, no, I have to build my practice. I'm a young guy. I have to have some responsibilities in my life, my family. And she said, Drew, look at me. And she took me by the collar of this. And she said, look at me. She said, my husband said the same thing you did, and he's dead. Because he promised me. He kept on saying, Rosie, I promise you, someday, when I retire, then we're going to have fun. Someday, we have to save all this money and get out of school and everything's paid for, then we're going to have fun. And someday, you and I, we're going to have a great time together. But right now, i got to focus on work. Because work is the most important thing. And i got to pay off all our bills and pay off our house and pay off you know, college education, all that, kind of, all that kind of stuff. And once we do that, someday, we'll retire. He died three months after he retired. She said, she looked at me other, she said, don't make the same mistake my husband did. Right? So it's not that you have to be so focused on work that that's all you do and you do nothing else. The idea, though, is are you creating a life for yourself? What kind of life do you create? It's up to you. Right? It's up to you to create the life that you want. Right? When the phone rings, here's a good point. This is a great analogy. When the phone rings, do you really need to answer it? I see people fumbling for their phones all the time, as if, God forbid, they should miss some phone call. Now, yes, there are some phone calls you're expecting. She might have been expecting a phone call from Okay, I get it. Right? But well, I see people, like, diving or on the high pressure, ripping themselves up and running to the pocketbook and Nothing. I'm like, all right, well, how does that make you feel? 
not very good. I said, well, it's time for you to start feeling good. Because if you can't give them anything because you don't feel good, then how was the point? Right? It's time for you. You're getting adjusted. This is for Josiah. I don't to come do it because we well, it's up to you. Right? This is about you. Because if you don't serve, then they don't get served. Right? So you gotta take care of yourself. What are you doing for you? Listen. What are you what kind of life are you creating? Are you creating a life that's so stuck on Facebook that you can't get out of it? I see people like every 10 seconds they get their phone like this because their phone gives them some sort of alert that Facebook has a new post or Twitter or Instagram. Who the hell cares what new picture one of your friends put on? Who cares? Right? We've got to have a big picture here. The big picture is, as an example, we had a patient who was in a car accident last week. And she came in on Friday. And she was like this. She was really hurting. She said, I didn't think it was that bad of an accident, but I'm really hurting today. And I said, don't worry, I, you know, you're getting adjusted for as long as you have. Your body is resilient. Your body is really strong. So let's give you an adjustment to see how it's going. So we first examined her, of course, make sure everything's good. And then we gave her an adjustment. And I saw her again on Monday. She's like, Doctor, but I can't believe how much better I feel. I said, you know why you feel so much better? She said, yes, because I've, I've invested in my health all this time. So now I'm getting the dividends. Right? She had a little dip in the road, right? But now she has dividends because she's invested. That's what health is. Health is an investment. That's what you got to teach your patients. It's not a thing you do until your pain goes away. This is an investment in your future. This is an investment in your kids' future. You know, we had another new patient yesterday. I showed her x-rays and she's got some significant degeneration in her, in her neck. She's only 28 years old. Very significant degeneration. And I said, and she's also got some, some significant head posture like this, good inch and a half forward. I said, has anybody in your family ever been like this? She said, yes. As a matter of fact, my grandma walks around like this. This is how my grandma lives her whole life. I said, do you know when that started? She said, around now, probably, isn't it? I said, exactly. You get it. You get it. And she's 28 years old. I said, this is when it starts. But did your grandma take care of herself all life? No. She never took care of herself. She didn't eat. Right, she didn't exercise, she didn't take care of herself at all. I said, well, see, what that's called is that's called being overdrawn. Right? You know, you all check your bank accounts, right? And you, you have to spend too much on your credit card, and you, you don't pay. Overdrawn. Right? That's called being overdrawn. I said, this is going to save you, because if you're here at 28, where are you going? Where's gravity taking you? Right. Gravity. 28, 38, 48, 58, 68. That's where you're headed. Gravity will win. It'll always win. Like all of us are destined to have gravity win at some point in time. <clears throat> but while we're alive, let's make sure that we don't lose against gravity, right? That we're standing up as tall as we possibly can. She said, yeah, I get that. And that's what it's all about, right? What are you telling people? You're saying, come back next week to the hurts? You know? If they have kids at home, are you saying, are you bring the kids? When are you bringing the kids? You've got to check the kids. If you've got some stations like this over there, are you telling them that? Or just let the kids stay home. Right? <clears throat> People say, why do you go to Ruben Henry You don't have any brothers or sisters or anybody else who's chiropractic here. I said, this is not, that's not why I call it family chiropractic. It's called family because whole families get adjusted. Right? Whole families. This is a family affair. We don't have a lot of people where it's just a mom or just a dad. We want the whole family under care. Because that makes it more exciting, that makes it more real. It's a 
lot more plausible for someone to continue care if the whole family is there than if it's just them. If it's just them, like, oh, I don't need anyone, or I can't afford it, or something's going on. But if it's everybody, and they're all coming at different times, and then the husband will say, hey, you haven't been to Dr. Uber in a while. <clears throat> right? And they just start kind of going against each other, I guess, going with each other, look to themselves, oh, yeah, you know, I've been so busy with kids. Oh, yeah, well, get yourself in there. You've got to get justice. Right, what will you do? That's the question that BJ was asking us. What will you do? What will you do? Because if you just decide to do whatever, then that's what's going to come back. You've got to do more. You've got to do more than whatever. Right? You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in chiropractic. You have to believe in the power that made the body and healed the body. And you have to believe in it enough to tell the story. Over and over and over again. Not stop. Every day. So that they're totally, they hear it over and over again in all these different ways. Right? Your patients need to be, I, I had a patient yesterday, she referred another, her, another patient. <coughs> she sat down and reported findings with this other patient because she loves hearing. She said, I love hearing her report findings. You're going to be afraid to say. <coughs> so she, I'm talking to her, the patient, and she just pipes and she said, You know, Dr. Magister, excuse me, I just want to tell you something. I've been coming for 10 years. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. I said, I really appreciate the you. She said, yeah, I mean, yeah, so much, so many great things have happened in the last 10 years because of being under care. And I really appreciate that. Now, she didn't have to say that, especially in front of another patient who's a, you know, a new patient, right? But she's sealing that patient in. Isn't that beautiful, right? And so what will you do? We create an atmosphere where someone can come in for 10 years and want to hear her point of bias. And then she said, wow, that's amazing because when last time I brought up a patient, you didn't say that. I said, well, this is always changing. It's always different. I want to keep it different. You know, just so I, I, I keep it interesting for myself. She said, man, that's so cool. Like, what you're saying is so cool. I said, why don't you become a chiropractor? She said, you know, I, I've often thought about that, but I don't think it's right you know, for me. Scientists don't sit well with me. I'm like, but isn't that? It's just like, it makes you feel good. Right? It makes you feel good. And that's how work should be. Dr. Siddhartha is saying, work is fun, I love to work. And he made us chant all the time. Work is fun, I love to work. Work is fun, I love to work. He made us chant that over and over and over again because it's true. Because work is work and work is drudgery and work is complaining and work is boring and I hate work and I want to work just for a paycheck. Then you're going to have a hard time having a good, like a fun life. You're spending eight hours a day, 40 hours a week at work. At a minimum? That doesn't sound fun to me. And I want to be there and be, and like, so wherever I am, I'm just having the most joyful time I can. And whether that's with kids, or it's with geriatrics, or it's with sports, or extremities, or whatever the heck it is, it doesn't matter. You should have a good time. You should have a good time. What will you do? Because I'm telling you, when you have a good time, you attract other people. You have a lot of time, you're not. You're like, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Well, don't expect to build a big practice, right? Because you're trying, what kind of energy is sending out? There's only two energies, right? What are the two energies? You see, the repulsive or attractive, that's it. This is the only two energies that exist, right? You have a magnet, you have a plus or a minus. That's it. You have a plus or minus or in between. You're supposed to be, oh, I'm some kind of gray or anything. No, you're not. You're either a plus or a minus. You're either attracting or you're repulsive. You're, you're repelling. It's the only two things. So what will you do? Right? And I don't know how to create an attractive, 
in a situation. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I'll prove it to you. You're here. You have to attract this into your life. To, to be here. And to be here right now, you must have done something to create yourself to be here. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Otherwise, you couldn't be here. So don't give me this, I don't know how to do it, and blah, blah. Yes, you do. It's everything's inside of you, right? You're, we're like a hologram. You know what a hologram is? A hologram is, no matter what piece of the hologram you pull out, it's the same. It, cont it contains everything, all information of the entire thing is contained in that one piece of the hologram. So we live in this holographic universe. So you might want, you might be presently focusing on part of the universe that you aren't liking or desiring, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. All it means is you're focusing on the wrong thing. You're focusing on the repulsion part instead of the attraction point. And how did B.J. Connor do what he did? Right? In the 1900s, he took over a school that was failing, and he went around the world like three different times talking to hundreds and thousands of people to get chiropractic out there. And he had so much competition. There was like 50, 60, 80 schools in the United States. But Palmer Davenport was the biggest school when he was alive because he was attractive. Right? He, he, he was so sure. He had such certainty that he created this magnet. That's why, to me, that's why I read his words to you every week, because his words are so powerful. Right? We can learn so much from someone who set the stage for us the way he did. All right, everybody get out your clickers.